Greetings, beautiful people. This is Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending nothing but love and kindness and positivity to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Please, please, if you enjoy it, let other people share your enjoyment. Love to you all. Hmm. We're live. That was quick. Hello, YouTube. Hello, YouTube. <laughs> Hello, Insta. Stay here from Lads Talk Health and as always sending nothing but love and kindness to everybody and loads of happiness and joy and all that good stuff. Been a really good couple of days in the Lads Talk Health membership site. Just waiting for, hey Gaz, welcome aboard. Waiting for my mate Harry Thomas to jump on. Happy Wednesday people. Hey Ids, thanks for joining. Interesting day in the UK from what I'm hearing regarding COVID. We're going to touch on that tonight. Boris's announcement. It's a win, isn't it, people? Definitely a win. Hello, hello. Ah, there he is. Yes, Harry, you can be in the video. You're all right. Hello. Oh, hello. I'm a wave at you as well. <laughs> How you doing? Good, mate. You? Yeah, really good. Really good. Interesting day. Yeah, it is. It's um, something happening every single day at the moment. That's what it feels like. <laughs> hello to everyone joining. Just give a few waves. Hello, hello. Lovely people. Welcome to Lads Talk Health. Middle of the week. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, it has been interesting. Um, I was going to touch on, because obviously last night we had the, hey Julie, we had the, the Lads Talk Health, the, the, every Tuesday on the Lads Talk Health membership, we do different lives where we interact. It's either a coaching session, Q&A or a workshop. And I had a really good workshop last night, which ended up turning into a really long and very powerful conversation which after you left, it spilled on over and afterwards, even to today's, this morning, obviously I did the breathwork uh, meditation this morning and the conversation still spilled over to there. And it's just the, the fact that there's more and more people joining on the lives now, you just get so many more opinions and different points of view and perspectives and it's brilliant. I strongly, strongly recommend, yes, I know it's a, it's a financial investment and it's me and Harry pitching it, but Invest in the membership site, honestly, if you're two in a throwing at the moment, if you just give it a go, give it a go, because the shares that's coming out in this community, Lads Talk Health, and the way people talk about the community, and the after effect it's having into people's lives, and the fact people are connecting now, that have met in the community outside, it's, it's really special, it's really, really nice. <laughs> too large. No, it's not us, it's the community is getting large. <laughs> Definitely. Is that Dens? Yeah. Hello, Dens. Evening, lovely lady. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it is getting. It's getting bigger. And uh, yeah. Actually, we can go on. Give me two takeaway points from yesterday's discussion, like just to give everyone a, a taste of the type of conversation and where it went yesterday. Okay. The how big of a talking point gender fluidity is currently and just how when 
I'd say gender fluidity, actually, and the other thing that straight away comes to mind is the label of political correctness. Those two things were touched on last night, and it was all... But the thing is, everybody's point, although in certain ways they conflict, it's understandable, everybody's point. And it's interesting because the ego plays a massive part, a massive part in this, in regards to making you feel unkind if you, or, or some sort of ist, if you're not necessarily standing on your truth. Not for all people, but for some people. And that's the thing, isn't it? Everybody's entitled to have their interpretation, their experience and whatnot with it. But them two takeaways was the gender fluidity thing. It was all this, and there was a lot of mums on last night. So they're talking from a mother's perspective about, uh, perspective about what's going on in schools uh, at, at such young ages now and different books that are being introduced to kids. So it was really, it wasn't just a... It's just a really meaningful conversation, and you get people that shout out to Terry, Warrior Mama Terry, and everybody else that was on there. But just a couple of things that she said really resonated with me. Yeah, it was really cool, really, really cool. It's, um, it was interesting as well because lads talk health is pretty much mostly women, <laughs> so it's always good for to hear from different perspectives. And we were just discussing like about the opposite sex and it's really interesting when first of all from a woman's perspective and then when they start saying what men should looking through the men perspective oh maybe i can understand why they're like this and like, it was three-dimensional well let's say five-dimensional looking at things and one of my takeaways that men men certain things like women moan that men should do this and men do it but a lot of the time men just haven't they haven't got the awareness there or actually the will to go and do it but it's also interesting to see what the frustrations and uh, the female perspective because but oh, okay that's interesting to see it from from that angle so i think it's important for us to have conversations with the opposite sex not focusing sex that's normally the thing that gets in the way of any uh, mixed conversation. Well, just a quick observation on that. Yesterday, when you described the, uh, a, a part of the talk when we was both pitching in, you said, with men and women, there's always the elephant in the room. And that's the thing. The elephant in the room when it comes to a male and a female coming together is, is one of them thinking, I'm sorry to be crude, but... Would I fuck him? Would I fuck her? Does he want to fuck me? Does it? Like, that, that unfortunately plays a part a lot of the time. And it's being able to, and if that doesn't in the community, that's the thing. And, and it genuinely doesn't. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it refreshing that for me, for, uh, I'm a blokey bloke. I can sit on there, which I have done at times, first thing in the morning, <laughs> sat there with four, four women and we've just talked shut up into conversations about menopause and all sorts just just stuff that you just normally wouldn't get the opportunity to do and it is educational it is massively like i benefit so much my relationship has been bettered for the more interaction that women that are coached women that are on this that co are coaching me and i said that to them as well with the community there's times me and you just sitting there quiet like you said just like 
trying to take note, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely didn't think like that. I need to add that to, to the list of, of, okay, yeah, that's definitely a blokey, ego, unaware trait that I own. So yeah, it is, it's, it's interesting. And the, the, the difference is, because, uh, excuse me, there are differences. That's what, um, it was being described by a lot of the ladies last night as is we're wired differently. And in certain ways, we just are. We we just are. And that, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was really it was really interesting. Yeah, and then we got um I, I did a quick stories now, but this is a theory, but it's the way that I kind of patch it together. Um I've always said that uh Trump is a war president. There was an announcement last year that we are going into war or in two thousand twenty, which means there's a war president, military and the navy all uh, literally collude with each other and the the war was because of the elections there was an interference and one of the acts that he signed a few years ago was any foreign interference it'd be treason but also it'd be an act of war so on the book of the war manual the military book there's a chapter 11.3 which says that any uh, enemy that's occupying a base for longer than a year will then get removed the Biden actually in there on the 21st of January that would be an exact year and then uh, a guy that I've been working closely with ex-military always looks at the uh, military uh, aircraft stuff around the country he said I've never seen this many types of these helicopters which is not like British army it's black ops and stuff but he said they're all over the place and there's the most in the air at the moment so there's suggestion there but then you look at in America now, I think all 50 states have had National Guards deployed to the states. And the reason why the National Guard have been deployed for the outbreak of corona <laughs> uh, in the hospitals, and they need to manage it all. But again, that doesn't make sense because we're seeing that the COVID thing's disappearing. Um, there was one more thing that made sense as well. It all ties in with the Jasir as well. So potentially we could see something over the next two days. Well, we had a brief discussion. Uh, you sent me a really, a really cool audio. That audio clip, you said, you know what I love? was the guy's energy. Like, what he said at the end, I can't remember, something like, like, hail England. <laughs> but, so, again, I don't, I don't bother a lot of the time, as I've said before, with the news. But when something gets brought to my attention. So, today's been interesting in regards to, and I'll let you, because you've got more, way better knowledge on it than me because you've been you're, you're there and you're taking notice of it <laughs> in regards to Boris and in his clip the guy was just like Harry have you seen Boris's interview I'm like what's this I had a quick look and that's when we obviously caught up so what's been going on with Uncle Boris he did his meeting today or his announcement and like literally really calmly like yeah no more need to wear masks and the little twats in the background like, yeah they're little kids then <laughs> and we're not going to need the mandate vaccines now so don't worry there won't be any uh, covid passes and then there won't be any masks for kids like literally all these things um just like that we're in a pandemic omicron's spreading really violently we need to get back so now think about it Actually, you can go out now. You don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> you don't have to do six-metre thing, but you still need to get vaccinated. 
That doesn't make any sense. If it's getting better and I'm fine now, why would I need to get vaccinated at this point? So their whole narrative is really crumbling at the moment. And I got a, uh, a voice note from um, a friend in Germany. <laughs> oh, is that the accent? Was that the accent? German? I was trying to work it out. Okay. <laughs> Do an impression. I don't want to because I've heard it. It was so funny. I don't want to know that you don't want to come I'll get labelled an ist against Germans, but it was funny the way you did. The it's... accent added to the Hey England <laughs> at the end. It goes, uh, Harry, I've just heard Boris, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice though. It's, that's a, that is a big win. So hold on, because obviously I'm learning, I'm listening and I'm learning at the minute. So they've said this, but they're still emphasising on the, the vaccines. Well, this is only announced today, so there hasn't really been any updates since. But oh, so there's nothing we said after that announcement regarding it. Oh, OK, OK. So, so, but even just that logic, though, they, how can they now say, well, you need a vaccine if you actually can go out and you'll be fine? It's no, like, back on. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what you hit me with, and I think so if they said that, because how, how can they possibly now... At the very least, not go, we're going to slow down on vaccine. At the very least, you know, with, you can't have that message and then still be pushing the same way with a vaccine. It, it's completely conflicted. Completely conflicted. Anything uh, to do with the peace inquiry? <laughs> <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that. Like, I saw another one done today, but it was more serving notice. Where we're at the moment doesn't need to serve notice now. It needs to just close the vaccine centres down. And it needs to go through that whole process. So there's a lot of suggestion that there are good things happening still with what happened at the, the vaccine centre. Um, one of the investigators, when they come, there was, they spent so long in the building. So they were actually investigating it from the sounds of it. So there's, there's, I guess there's positives that can be taken from all of that. Just the fact that we are starting to make a bit of noise now. The, the the video on the telegram group i looked at it was shared over like 200 times so that sort of stuff is really what's getting people excited at the moment the other thing just to, to highlight is we keep getting messages and screenshots to say that the the case is dropped the case is closed it's not if you just phone up and just ask yeah they're going to tell you that like they're not going to just publicly go yeah 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 they don't want this to happen but more and more people going in handing the evidence now. So again, getting met with a no, just make sure that we're, just understand we're still at war. So go and push it. Don't just accept that as no, that's it, dismissed, case over. Because the people working on this that I've been luckily, or thankfully, been interacting with a lot more recently, they're, they're, they're keeping us updated. So it's definitely like. And you know what, as well, because obviously this is fresh for me, this information regarding this Boris thing. I'd be interested to to hear what people are, how they've taken it, because instantly, and I'm, I'm trying to check my ego, see if this is just my positive, my ego being overly positive, but for me, that's such a big sign of a drastic, right, we need to take a big, big step here, because something, something come in, there's something that's been brought to their attention, to say, oh, right, we need to do something here to, to balance this out. That's massive. The fact that they've gone from, like, Omnicron, lockdown, this was all happening just a few days ago, to now being said, well, actually, no. In fact, so he said, 
we we're gonna we're gonna trust the British people. Is that what he said? He said something like that. Fucking hell. That that's not that's the thing that has not happened that throughout this whole pandemic. You've not been at all encouraged to trust yourself. You've been told what to do the whole time. Be interesting to see now, if my point's making sense, if for them people that have been wobbling on the fence thinking if now they are going to trust in themselves because if they trust in themselves at this point it's a, it is an instant can of worms that you've, you've opened it has to be because then hold on it means everything else has been a load of bollocks you don't try you don't have to try and make sense of what they've done look what they've actually done now within the space of a week they're basically closing it off do you remember you were saying 31st of December COVID disappears so it's it's dripped over a bit, but we're not out of January and we're now being told to like, take off your marks. Like, these are big signs. And, and, big, Scot big signs. and Scotland as well. She's banned all the mandates from Monday. So I, I think we're going to see a ripple effect across other countries as well. But I, I was working it out. Like, if you think about UK, there's a lot of us on a small island and a lot of us all collect together. So you, the, not like they can single your farm out or single your bit out and then just keep you controlled like some of these bigger land places like Canada and Australia but the people are spread out more. we're all in it together so the communities that are forming all the way through and people more now know their rights and stuff it's almost like whatever they're throwing now it's always going to get pushed back and and the more we keep doing it the more we grow as well because people see freedom on our side and see Love Island on the other side in in virtual reality goggle glasses. Mm, two complete contrasting ways of thinking, really, isn't it? Of it's just two different types of reality, basically. And I, I'd strongly encourage as well, people keep keep on your common law. I know this has been a big one for people. Like get into your common law. Go back, watch the presentation we've done on our, it's on the lads talk help one, isn't it? Uh, now's the time. There's a shift definitely definitely occurring and what is winning what is i was gonna say trumping actually and it's because <laughs> pardon the pun but what is trumping the legal system currently is and again take away the label of the man and the name trump but the message that he's been giving about from day one about giving the power back to the people now i'm not saying we should all be looking to america to the answers for everything. It doesn't work like that. But we have to accept we all are in, entwined in this at the moment. And these messages now that are, that are coming out clearly, like look into what's coming out from the underground. For those say that, oh, when, when's it coming? There's a lot of stuff now. If you, if you take the time to do a bit of research yourself, there is a lot of stuff that's coming out. This thing with Boris today does make sense if you think about it, as with the other stuff that's been cut, like, you know, the stuff that's been saying is going on under the radar. When it goes on under the radar, of course, the effect that it makes, it, it comes out at the top. We see these things at the top. Boris coming out today and giving that spill, something has happened. Something has shifted within their, their on their side where they're, they're, they're having to back, it's a back step, it's a, they're, they're retreating to, to an extent. And cynics, you can go and it's totally understandable, oh yeah, this is another move for something else. 
we accept that. There's always another move for something else, but you accept the move that you're seeing in front of you at the time as well. They've now told you after piling on, on like, what's, what have they been saying about Omnicron? Like, is, it's just not really been mentioned now? Is, is it just gone? I mean, it's like, it's just gone, like, wibbled away. Omnigon. <laughs> is, that, is an Omnigoner? No, it looked extremely well. Yeah, they just look like nothing after. It's like, oh, we could just let this disappear and just... Oh, you get your freedoms back, trust the people again. Like, I just think they're crumbling at this point. And, all, and also, just all of them party and laughing and joking when he said, oh, we'll ban the masks and stuff as well. Yeah, everyone can see what, who, who they are and what they're there for. So it's, I just think it's there just to wind, wind us up a little bit more. Because, um, mate, honestly, on Twitter, I, um, <laughs> I've been caught up in just... I have, I have got involved with some of the conversations. Mate, it's Are you a Twitter beef? Are you a Twitter beefer? <laughs> it, I, I haven't experienced anything like it. So at least on Instagram, people follow you. They <laughs> People now who do follow me are into this sort of stuff. Facebook, they've had to put up with me for years anyway, but I'm banned after time on there. But honestly, I don't know anyone. You're just getting abused left, right, and <laughs> Really? Is it brutal? Yeah, mate, it's brutal. I, I still always go back. <laughs> same questions but it i now know why people are so brainwashed still because if you go on twitter it's just like it's like the pit of all the the brainwashed they're all in it together all like that and they they are just like robots they repeat the same stuff all the time they literally deny the stuff you you show pcr test no it don't that i just i just tagged you again they, they don't work they haven't worked that's not what it says and i'm like there's no point even going there, but it's just funny to see how much anger there is. Like, loads of anger. I create Twitter Space, uh, you can connect. Yeah, I've got... Yeah. I'm, I'm doing some of the Twitter Spaces. Uh, got quite a big following from the back of it as well, because it was all on COVID, and people are like, oh, the vaccines and this. And I'm like, guys, just imagine what the world's going to be like, and we do this and do that. <laughs> and I, uh, I had, like, a, uh, people queuing up asking good questions. <laughs> it's so far out there but i see that closer than literally all the crap that's gone on for the last two years uh matthias desma is that for the criminal case out there as well the nuremberg so i started watching something from from that if you ever wrong about something you get shot on but if you're right about something oh well yeah but again that's the problem we're fighting truth the thing is that we want, we just want a better place for everyone, but yet people argue with that, defending people that hate you, steal all your money, you want to go through, force you to have injections, and then go, ah, we're going to put our trust in you now. <laughs> that make any sense at all. So I was thinking as well. I actually wasn't just thinking of the conversation I had earlier for. For people that choose to to be cynical and have a, a negative outlook, they are perfectly entitled to do that. You really are. And you can back it up with lots of stuff and just the fact that, yeah, maybe good won't come. Like, you don't know it. You definitely don't know it as a no, and you can't do because none of us can go into the future. But we can assess what's going on, and I understand people that are cynical about it. But, <laughs> and I am dismissing it with that but. The truth is, just logically in life, 
if it can potentially never get better, it means it can also potentially get better. It's as simple as that. And the time we're currently living in, there's more people, like 46 people on, the, on this um, show at the moment, this Insta, whatever it's called. It's 46 people in here that are in a community whereby they feel comfortable enough to be able to just share what it is they need to share and be a part of conversations with the underlying tone being, do not we all feel that good is coming? Like, interesting, or does every, is every 47 people in our, are we all cynics? Or do we not feel that good is coming? Are we not doing our little bits ourselves in our lives to make good come? Are we not doing that? I think we are. I genuinely, I know I am. I know you are. And I would say, I know 47 people on there, you are too. There's little things you're doing right now. Just being here, just being here. This is part of the good. Good is happening. This is good happening right now. And there's more good coming. And when you look across the board and you, I love it. You know, you see them videos that you people put in my Telegram group. They'll show you France. They're like hungry. They're like, like all over the world. And you see thousands of people with banners and like just standing up for everybody. It's humbling. I love them videos. I get right soppy on some of those a lot of time. I feel like oh, so I've got to go and do something. But that, that's happening right now. If you're not seeing it on the news, and again, for your cynics, why aren't they showing that on the news? Why aren't they showing that on the news? Because that's happening right now. People all over the world are jumping up and down with the same message. It's lovely. Well, this is amazing as well. So I, I, I'd say this is the, the most I've seen positivity back-to-back -back on the topics we're talking about at the moment. So for me, that's a, a great sign too. But you guys all were saying, shift it, it feels like something's happening so if we're all having that individually <laughs> and we're all feeling that experience it that means something's happening you can't make that up and this is what i keep encouraging if we we come and dig and look a bit deeper we're going to let go of all this other stuff we're going to learn from it and we're going to think how do we get absolutely bamboozled by their system but if we turn there i just see like the the final 400 meters, so <laughs> you got the light and the rainbow in the background. Then life gets interesting. <laughs> definitely, definitely. There's a lot of positivity coming, which is lovely. And and why not? Do you know, what I mean, we're talking about this in the in the membership site. Is why not have a place where you can just go? It's like I can't remember who said it, which one of the members said it, but she, she, the way she described it is when she can just come here, and I can just ah. Oh, and that's it, because you, because all day your your hours are, are being prevented, because you've got to cater for so much. Let's face it, bollocks. So to be able to come to certain places and just feel that I'm just around my people right now, and it's not, it's not. Be, I'm not trying to divide us in any way. It's just nice, for fuck's sake, to have a space where we can actually go. Yeah, at least here. I'm not going to get judged because I'm telling you, there's not one thing anyone could say on it here. Unless you start being racial and shit like that, then you can piss off. But other than that, there's not one thing on here that you could bring up that you would be judged on in any way, shape or form. And that's been the biggest, for me, drive of Lads Talk Health from the start is making sure that everybody knows here we come together and it's equal and we can all crack on with meaningful conversations no matter how nuts other people might think
we might be. I, I, I see you laugh there. Am I missing some good comments? <laughs> you got a radioactive tea today. A radioactive tea? Did that fry your biscuit as well? <laughs> Five detail in the most. <laughs> Paul kills me. He comes up with some brilliant ones. So I um I turned into a bit of a ninja today. <laughs> my ninja? Mate, my mate, he um he's got an NHS meeting. He said uh, they're forcing these vaccines on us next month. Like every day they get an email. Sixteen days to go. Fifteen days to go. Like oh, we got a Zoom call at um two fifteen today, and they're all the people in NHS are unvaccinated and getting told that they have to have it. And uh, I'm like, oh, can I come on it? <laughs> so he gave me the link. <laughs> I jumped on and I've got a few other people. Some are on here at the moment. And Mate, I jumped on. You sent it to me. I jumped on. Jumped on as well. Yeah, I was waiting for you because you said, you said, have you sent me? I love, I, <laughs> I was playing back having with Giselle, right? And she was like, what are you turning on now? I said, no, I've got to listen to this because Harry just messaged me. And he's, he's on a Zoom call with the NHS and he said he's going to call them out. So I was literally watching, but I could see the way they was purposefully picking what questions, what they were going to answer. Because I can imagine the shit you was, <laughs> you was pummeling on there. <laughs> they weren't going to touch you, mate. It, it was funny because uh, on Zoom, I was expecting I can get on camera and I'm just calling them all out. I'm <laughs> typing. So the lady goes, well, guys, um, so by the new law that they're putting in, I'm like, what law is that then? Oh, it's the Legislations Act. I'm like, that's not a law. Can you tell me what law it is? You're making it really difficult for us to make decisions. And... <laughs> and, <laughs> and they kept deflecting. So I said, again... For the last time, this is a legislation. We haven't agreed to it, and you're making us do it. Can you please show me what law it is? And then they lied again. So I literally just wrote um, something like, you're lying through your teeth. You're putting us in a difficult position. I said, guys, all these people on the call right now, they've been served notice three times. What that means now is that they're compliant to crimes against humanity. <laughs> <laughs> is under their investigation at the moment and their bank accounts and their bonuses will be checked at some point <laughs> on the video i the text my mate was on it i said i'll oh, watch their faces and he could see they're like oh not one smile from it apparently they're telling us good health so <laughs> i think right. and and again you can say it's threatening or not i'm telling them what has happened through serving notice we're at war i'm going to go my vents to rattle them a tiny bit and if they know it and this is the thing as well like being served a notice is not just like oh i'm being a little rebel. you're killing people <laughs> and we're letting you know why you're killing people because you're mostly uninformed but this is the evidence these are the doctors and these are the scientists so you're literally doing stuff that you shouldn't be. This is a warning. They ignore it. Oh, I'm going to tell you again. You've been a bad person now. Give another one. And the third time, if you don't take this, you're now complicit. That's effectively what has happened. That has happened across the board. And the only reason that you would be doing this still is if you're getting paid for it. Or, I give people benefit of the doubt, you're getting told that you're not allowed to talk. But I, I think it's gone past that point. If people are coming in saying you're doing something wrong and da -da -da, then someone else can say, can you just help me whistleblow something like that? <laughs> yeah, you got to watch it. I'll put it up uh, a minute ago. Do you know what was interesting though as well was the absolute bunch of 
poppycock. That's not a word I use often. But that's what it was from that doctor. That, um, actually, what did he say? Something like the figures only show, did he so, say even nine? How many? 70%. <laughs> 80% or something like that. Is, uh... He gave a number for the deaths, though. He was like, oh, you know, there's people who are saying these things, but there's only actually like 90 deaths or something from that. Something like that, which was just a, a complete lie, you know? It was just a, and it was, there was weird moments where some of them you could hear in their tone were so not comfortable That's with cool. what they was regurgitating. You could see it was a and you could... The pain, in there was a woman in particular, my soul felt for her, one of the women, because you could clearly, yeah, poppycock, you like that, <laughs> you could clearly hear that her soul was screaming, I do not believe what I'm saying right now, but I'm, my ego is telling me if I don't do this, like I'm losing my job. So it was, mate, it was horrible. It was cringy, really, really cringy. It's like a, a stutter. And mostly, of course, you saw the chat room just going like that. What law is it? <laughs> <laughs> but Joe, you're, you're like the troll of truth. I can, you're top. You're the troll of truth. That's what you are. People are going to get used to it. Anyone's got any of these things going on, put Harry into them fucking messaging rooms because he'll terrorize the shit out of people. It's good. It's really, I loved it. I was literally, I was, I was hoping, I was thinking, if you pop up, that's it, I'm going to be, I couldn't leave uh, messages though. I couldn't get into the chat part. Uh, all you have to do is press the Q&A bit. There'll be another opportunity, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, because I was dying to see what, what it was you was, I, could, I, I, said, I said, I bet there's transcripts going in there, one after the other, terrorising them. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed it because I knew by their face reactions that they're like, what is this person saying right now? <laughs> Remember, that's on their territory. They're setting the rules down and someone's showing them that what they're doing is unlawful. I just frightened one of my bunnies off. And then... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was good. It was really good. And again, I mean, the thing is, the, the, the message of this whole meeting, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because they, they kept touching on it, was just, how much they were emphasizing that unless these NHS peeps staff that have been working there for years, that, bear in mind, are medically trained. A lot of them are doctors. A lot of them are doctors that have worked in virology that are not saying that they're willing to take this vaccine. They're being told, you're, you're, that's it, you're out. As when is it they're out of? It's, it's, it's coming into play. That's what they were saying. But either way, um, my point is, how how do they then now with the announcement because that was today that was today that zoom was live today how does that fit in with boris's announcement of of sam reason back like I again it, is it a case that this is this is just me just trying to make sense of it it's so disjointed currently that maybe that wouldn't even gone ahead today if, if they'd have been in contact with you know with, with you know what i mean it's it's Silos. In IT, they call it silos. That's how the government works. It's siloed to fuck. They don't... And if you... You know, you can look back at the whole history of COVID to see that different departments clearly don't speak to each other, and that's how you get mixed messages in the first place. So the fact that that happened today about the NHS, which is a big deal, massive, massive... And do you know what made me laugh when they were saying, 
We're going to concentrate on redeployment for everyone, but we need to tell you now, don't expect there to be any jobs. <laughs> you thinking, oh my God, did you really just say that? Like, it's unbelievable. It was un oh, mate, Weird. different level. And it seems a bit cynical. Yes, it fucking does. <laughs> These poor people write in the message. And again, they did that on purpose, not to be able, this is the whole thing it comes back to. If it's about the people, give the people a voice. Literally throughout this whole time, not one member of the public has been able to just challenge these people because they wouldn't be able to do it. That's If anyone still argues with it, that should just be a clear example of, they haven't even asked us what we want. Same with when we work with our clients. Daisy, the little girl you work with, the doctor, and literally everyone, not one of them asked, how are you feeling? Throughout the whole thing. <laughs> That's literally the system. They don't talk to us on every department. They just tell you what to do and then trick you into doing it and then punish you for doing things that they tricked you into so you get punished even more. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It is really, really sad. But the positive is, is that things are changing. Like, um, um, that is a massive, massive win for it's not just for our side it's, it's a win for everyone if if they're telling if you believe in masks now guess what you don't have to wear one i'm happy for you because it means what we do know about masks it's going to stop you from breathing in your own shit which your body naturally wants to push out anyway you're not going to be doing that anymore so it's a win for everyone today absolutely everyone and you're going to have to smile now when I smile at you you can't hide yeah that's it you have to brush your teeth <laughs> Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing, and that means kids, no kids in school, having to wear masks. That is huge. That's massive. So, yes. Yeah, so, Boris, you fucking bellend. About time. It's clear, mate. He's on his way out anyway. He's on his ass legs. All this, all the stuff with the party and all that. For those that you'll recognise these things. This is what they do. These puppets, like your Boris's and your Hancock's. These are part of these secret society groups and what, but these are bell-end puppets. These are right bottom tier. They're just above us, to be honest. And there's always shit kept on them. Go on, you keep wanting to pitch in. Go on, I see you. See you got like the, with the Churchill dog. The Conservative Party and the Labour Party, that's all they've been doing the whole fucking time. Fucking partying. But what they do is they'll keep these videos of... But they, you know, that Hancock snogging, the, whatever it was, the aide, the secretary, the party. They've got people there videoing this, waiting for the right time to then out Boris, out Hancock, and then they'll get some other silly job down the line or something because they've played their Muppet role in this silly game that they play. So Boris has got fuck all to do with anything. He's just a silly face that's been put at the front currently just to make it. It, could you imagine when, when, when society looks back in 10 years and they look at COVID and then they look at Boris and they watch videos of him? <laughs> he was the prime minister. Yeah, yeah, he was running the shit while this was all happening, funnily enough. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's farcical. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, imagine what it was like to live in it. <laughs> you know. We'll see, well, I'm trying to be negative now. Uh, but don't trust them. No, we're not trusting them either. I, I think it's keep an eye on them now. But like James said, it's such a jump from what they were saying last week. We're suggesting that we're going to be in lockdown again from Omicron. So such a jump. That's unplanned. That's not what they like. 
and the fact that they rub insult to say, oh, we're going to trust the people now. You can't really go back from those words, can you? Like, you can't. Well, can, how can, that was, that's a big thing because that, that is literally what they're told. If you look back over the whole message of COVID, what's been the message? Right, there's something you can't see and we're telling you you're not safe. So, although you're not aware, why am I saying you can't see? You're not aware of it. You're not aware. In fact, if there was no COVID and we'd just gone into the last two years <laughs> as, as in the other two years, you would have actually experienced exactly the same death rate and everything else that we've always been experiencing. So there wasn't a change in, in our world. It was a label that was, was enforced into our reality, in, in, into this ridiculous... Mate, when... I, it's going to get to a point... And I'm hoping today is the start of it. I don't want to get, because it's buzzed me up. I'm buzzing off this now because of the big, I was just thinking it's only now unraveling that the, the, you know, like I said, the kids not having to wear masks, people have to wear masks. Um, just the, 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 what was the other restrictions? They was, it was more than that, wasn't it? It was kids masks, normal masks, um, COVID pass. No more social distancing. No, yeah, that's all removed. Um, Events, like football, because, you know, there was with football stadiums. So, uh, um, scrap of the passes, the COVID passes. Scrap of the passes, that's the one I was looking for, the passes. So it's massive, it's massive, which can only mean, like I said, for me, the exciting part of that, it's because, look, they've only just gone through all of, how much have they spent getting all that? Can you imagine the billions they've spent on these vaccine passports, all the bollocks? And instantly, what's that? In the space of a couple of weeks, they've discontinued. PCR test discontinued. Omicron, Omnigon. Like something's happening. Something's definitely happening. Things in Spain are lovely, by the way. It's in regards to COVID, they've got in shops over here. You're supposed to wear masks and all the rest of it, and hotels, but very, very lax over here and uh, the sunshine in which makes it even more more enjoyable but yeah it's not it's it's not as it's not as prevalent over here i'd say as, as it's not like always in the news and stuff like that like in england that's all the people talking about in the news it's not like that over here but that's my experience other people might say otherwise so on for weeks there'll be a time when masks will be removed sicko night midnight covid it we're literally at that stage because, again, they can't be reporting on the tests that have been recalled. So they literally have nothing to go with. And people are like, oh, they're going to release another virus. That takes a lot of time. We're, we're well ahead of that now. Like, whatever they throw out. Even normal vaccines, I'm pretty convinced most people now would not would never have even Because it's the same people giving the Right, see what Lisa Murph has just said. Shout out, hello, Lisa, about the NHS. Just, uh, this is something I want to pitch to you, Adam. We've not spoken about this, and this has just come to me today. And this might be, if I'm stating the obvious here as well, and people have already thought about this, please let me know in the messages, because this hit me like a brick. Listening to that Zoom link, like I said, you sent me, I was, I was literally listening. It hit me to the complete self-destruction of the NHS. They literally did this because for years there's been talk about the NHS is going to be go private, it's going to be bought, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, but they've never been able to justify it. Now what hit me today was, hold on, these, these numbers, because what they was giving, it was it, not, just, not just the NHS, the care sector in England is way bigger than the NHS. 
It's the social care sector. That's the big fucking huge anchor of weight of financial burden. And I'm not calling it that because this is our role. These are our special needs kids and our special needs out that I'm talking about. But it's seen by the powers that be. And I worked in that sector for many years, so I know, as a financial burden. That's bigger than the NHS. Way, 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 way bigger than the NHS. So, and what they were talking about is all care staff. Care staff that are refusing to have the vaccine are no longer going to be able to give care. I'm still in contact with people in care, as you know. Loads of people are leaving care at the moment. So it hit me today. Oh, my God. If the NHS falls to pieces, what would happen? What a fucking all of a sudden they've gone from a virus, a pandemic. Next thing you know, there's no there's no NHS system anymore. There's no free health system in the for me, that could be a next step, a new pitch they try and do. Because why are they trying to destroy it? the leaders in that field? Because it's the, it is, it's the doctors, it's the specialists. These people are walking out. They're leaving the health sector. And then you've got, like I said, the care staff. Social care had the worst retention in the UK in comparison to any other sector the social care sector for the last 20-odd years has had the worst retention in regards to staff. They're underpaid and overworked. Now, people just leave them because they're being told they have to get jabbed and they're not willing to do it. So there's a big collapse that's coming in social care, which has been going on for years, even when I worked in it. Massive. If people look into the, the, the financial figures around when every year they do a budget, as we know, every the government announces a budget. Every single year, what gets cut is social care. And we might be thinking, what's the relevance of all of this? Well, what were the first lot of people they targeted with fucking COVID? Where did all the deaths happen initially? Where was Madazalam introduced into? The fucking old people, the old residential care. They were booting people out of hospitals to put them into care homes to introduce them to Madazalam. All disclosed last April 2021. Look into it. It's all been disclosed. So it's all interlinked. All of this stuff is interlinked. And if the NHS comes crashing down, then it'd be like, that's the problem. Then there's a, a reaction. Oh, my God, we are not. And then they they would have it privatised, what Terry said. But also it, it gives us the opportunity to roll in the new technology and, and the new way of doing things. But the care who love what they do and do it because they care about people would be a lot more respected. A lot more awareness to everyone else actually looking into the work that they do and the way that they get treated is is bullshit, really. But we're not even aware of what what you got to think. Really, you're in a in a care home with people that are kind of aging away now. It's the dying phases, but there's going to be a lot of suffering because there's disconnect from all the families. So they're not in their normal routines. They mostly lost their memory on some occasions. Like when my nan was in there, my dad used to get frustrated that. It, she didn't even recognise him anymore. Like dementia hit hard. They work with this all the time. You you only do jobs like that when you've got that soul caring within you. Like, it's not just something you can rock up and just graft through all the time. There's got to be an element to you that you 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 like helping people. The problem is, is the system drains the life out of you, puts you under so much stress, and all you're doing is helping others. Again, it just kills that whole sector, which. I think it's done completely wrong anyway, like shutting off and drugging up our elders, literally trying to keep them alive when they should be just being at that point. 
but also keeping them away from the family because we deem them as useless or a nuisance or just mum and dad out the way. I, I I can see that there's going to be a real need for people coming and caring. Like that's it's the love aspect of that part. Cares Cares that. Don't really some kind of people, sister, kind of care, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. That was beautiful what you said there, by the way, mate, because that is the 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 unfortunately, I'm sorry to say this, but I've I've lived in other countries and I've also seen how care is handled in other countries. And to be honest, the British culture of our attitude towards our own elderly is shocking, in my experience. And even worse still, the attitude that we have towards the people that take care of our elderly is also shocking. People in care are looked down upon in the UK. I worked in that sector for nearly six years, all around the country, including Scotland as well, going, I went off to Ireland. And then I went over to Sweden to experience their care sector. And what a difference, what an absolute difference, the attitude from the Swedish people as a culture towards people who take care of people is positive, it's appreciative, it comes with gratitude and they get paid for what they actually do. And their care sector is amazing. Over here, it's the opposite. People that are involved in care, and if there's anyone on here now that is involved in any form of care, social care, complex care, living care, respite, whatever it is, I can't speak highly enough of you. You are amazing because what people like you said, what some of you hit the nail on the head with, to be in care, you have to have a passion for being in care because the jobs you have to do for not your family members, these are, these are strangers to you and the jobs that these people do, wiping backsides, cleaning people up, bathing people, like it's, it's real, natural, be the most beautiful thing you could do, actually, for someone is to be able to take care of them and their faculties when they can't, when their body's failing. And that's what the people do in our UK sector. However, there's a, a really shitty, egotistical view that in the UK I've found that if you work as a carer, you've failed at everything else in life and you've just become a carer. And that is the biggest bunch of bollocks because... The people that are involved in care, they are un underpaid. They're severely underpaid, but they're taking care of our elderly, our special needs kids, our special needs people. Like it is a wonderful, wonderful sector. And it just doesn't yeah, it's just just a big shout out to, to everyone involved in that and know that you are appreciated for what you do. And also James, say what their biggest reason is for leaving. Or two biggest reasons. In in the the, the carers themselves. Yeah. The biggest reason is, is feeling like they're not being hurt. They're not being appreciated. That they're, they're, people forget, often in care, it's predominantly females, okay? And there's loads of single mums in care that go out, that have their, to, got to do a school run in the morning, already done a couple of calls to, to service users before, then got, got to do the school run, then uh, got to pick them up for the afternoon school, then go back out to work. Like, I can't explain, you, you have to know someone in care, you have to be a carer to understand how hard these people work and just how undervalued they feel. Often because basically they're so overrun as a complete business that there's no one there to even take time to listen to these people. So that, that the biggest reason is, is definitely people feeling undervalued without a shadow of a doubt.
can you see what what already that like, people are being becoming aware of someone else's perspective and these conversations are so important again because if we gave everyone a voice that i always use my mates or my mates <laughs> who were in the trades and they didn't really have an outlet to talk about their passion and their crafts all the things that they're good at because their missus not interested in bending pipes and running organic water through the the bathroom the lack of being able to share your gifts with someone because it is a skill it's something you just do your whole life and in most cases they do it off the back of their hands if you think of the extent of what they actually do for people like you're creating homes which have the experiences and memories that stay with you for the rest of your life like that's powerful to know that you've done that and you've created that house you got the people that design the house you got the people that put their passion and skills into it but there's no recognition and that's why i do think there's quite a big mental health issue within in uh the what, what do they call it labors um plumbers what what would you call that sector the trade sector, trade sector. and not only that like it is just a, a lad mentality as well so they don't have any perspective from females they don't have to, they're not able to chat about normal stuff it's lad stuff and bully the apprentice but then it's a, a drinking culture too go down the pub after get here chat all night spend all your money and then feel shit the next day and it's a cycle and i've i've experienced that hanging around with my mates and, and see it literally every builder trades builder will have a number of staff with them that i've just identified then so I, again i just highlight in like sometimes just recognize something that someone else does that we don't really ever even pay a thought to Can you think is one big laugh? Yeah, it's funny. Do you know what that came up on in the membership site again? The conversation we had an amazing conversation. Shout out to everyone that was involved in that yesterday. It ended up um, a, a conversation in regards to how men and women deal with things differently. And I said I had a big insight. It was uh, as the conversation was happening, just how often the way a bloke will deal with something, often in the pub. For many blokes, it was, it's the place you go and you meet your mates. And if you feel, and I, it, it came to me as an insight because I realised how many times I've done this with a mate, <laughs> which has not been helpful. I wouldn't do it now, but I definitely over the years done it. Is where you get to that point, you start to have a meaningful conversation, and your mate offloads on you something meaningful. And as a bloke, you're just thinking, right, I don't want to get into this. <laughs> I want to help you out, but I don't want to get into this because it's going to make me then have to start thinking about stuff that I'm trying not to think about and whatnot. So we'll, we'll, we'll ask, we'll hear it, we'll ask the question, so, so, so what's going on then? You're really in fact, classic land. So don't fucking worry about it, let's get no drink. <laughs> you just dismiss it. And often, I've been, on the, I've been on the end of the, when I've offloaded and I've received it, yeah, don't fucking worry about it. And I'll, yeah, 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 let's not fucking, let's just go get another. It is, it's so stupid, it will come up every now and again as a bloke. And then, for whatever reason, ego kicks in and you just pat it straight back down again. Because, blokes, the truth is, we are shit. We, and it is a true stereotype at expressing our feelings, being comfortable enough to admit we're sad. We don't like really to be proud of being kind or being seen to be loving a lot of the time. That's the truth. See it as soft or we label it as feminine. 
I've upset the missus again. Yeah. <laughs> just infused it. Just, just smash another, well, they just go and smash it. Let's go smash another line. Yeah, that, and again. Very, very true. Got any gear? Very, very true. Got any gear? You got any gear? You got a rack? <laughs> it is, and it is. You, you do, you do that line. And the thing is, you know. Yeah, you feel great. You feel great, but there's always that little voice telling you, I'll be back in the morning. <laughs> and when you wake up feeling shit, it just comes back again, even stronger. And you feel your ego tells you you failed again. You're so telling you, I told you so. It is, it's. It's shocking. Only RSO. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, me too. Memory free. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, it's interesting actually. So, I think cause the, the conversation last night spilled over to this morning as well. And we ended up doing a meditation because there was a really interesting, you know, in fact, you know what? I'm going to ask you the question. Shout out to Maria. She, uh, like me last night, after shout out to Jim as well. Shout out to everyone who was on there last night, but it was really good. You, you was there for the bit about the gender fluidity bit. You was, right? Anyway, the way it turned into uh, this morning, Maria came on. She was like, do you know what? Last night, because we touched on soul, we was talking about actually, you know, everyone's got a soul regardless. She said, do you ever think a soul can be born in a, uh, the wrong body? Now, she said, that's a really good question. So what I did, we went for a, med <clears throat> we went for a meditation and with the breathing. And on, on each round, so on the first round, I said, right, what makes a good man? So as they're breathing, they're obviously thinking, okay, what, what, what makes a good man in their opinion? And then when he got to the breath part, I said, right, now, what soul values makes a good man? And see how many align with what you were saying before, when I just said, what makes a good man? We've done the same with females, next round. And then the last round, we've done it, what makes a good human? So we followed the same pattern, exactly that. What makes a good woman? What soulfully makes a good woman? And obviously we get men and women on there. So each man and uh, woman that's watching can try and envision it from their gender perspective. <clears throat> and then, like I said, the last round was what makes a good human being from a soulful perspective. And then on, on the breath hold was, so if we've now just listed all those values that we, in our own minds, is our sort of checklist for what makes a soulful person a good person, can a soul ever be born in a wrong body? What's your answer? No, we, we choose the body that we're born into. And, and again, we, we got free will, so we've got so many different outcomes that we can live. We end up in the same place every time. And I feel like there's different viewpoints that you can take. Again, going with your soul, going with your ego. Going with your ego, you're going through the forest. It's, you can't see where you're going. You're going to fall over a few times. Going with your soul doesn't actually feel too difficult or not doing much. But you find it in a lot easier way. No, Terry said no as well. Yeah. Do you know what my reasoning was? Is because, and it came when Maria first asked the question, off the back of the conversation, because last night, was that that was part of the conversation but another part of the conversation was about gender and and what currently is be the suggestions the oh no actually this, i'm being biased this new part of the curriculum 
that is being introduced to kids about gender at the moment. That's how it started. And then it went into souls. But for me, it was a case of when we talk about soul, as we do with our clients, when we're doing the coaching, is, is the knowing that we can give people when it comes to soul is, number one, you've got one. <laughs> you've definitely got one. And it's the purest part of you. That's your childlike being. That's your laughter. That's your love. That's your joy. That's the only place you can be the best version of yourself is your soul. So your soul can never be wrong. It's impossible. So that was my, when it hit, when she hit, because it was a really good question off the back of last night saying, well, what can a, a soul be in the body of a boy that feels like it was a girl? That's what it stemmed off the back of, obviously, as we know. But again, when you strip all any other labels away from it and just see the soul for what it is, that pure energy source of goodness in layman's terms, it can never be in the wrong place. No, I, I, and even when it said how we do know we choose our body, well, if you look at the way our body changes throughout our lifetime, it's a shell that we're in. But it's the way that we look at things that then influence our body. So I use the example <laughs> in Brazil. How does that work? Cause like it's, it's because the mums have got big bums. That is their belief of bum. And if they live in the same environment doing the same things, you then get similar traits to your parents. A lot of the first seven years is based on what we take in. So if we know as this is shape, or we know this is how we run, and great examples of that, if you watch footballers that have made it, like Cliver, for example, and then look at their kids, watch the way that their kids run, you can see it's exactly the same as their dad's. We just mirror and we take stuff on. So over a period of time, that becomes our truth. And I say that because through epigenetics, our cells, 95% of the time we can change through changing our environments. It just takes a lot longer when we're older, but you... When people body transformation, their body over, a, let's say, a six-year period completely transforms. But it's us that's deciding to change our life and make that transformation happen. It's an interesting subject, though. Yes. Whenever it comes up, it's really interesting because as we found out last night, that subject will always evoke your ego massively because you're going to want to be kind across the board. You are going to want to find a, a way to cater for everyone. Well, guess what? Sometimes you just cannot make everybody happy. Someone said you're breaking up, Has Oh, my God, has you disappeared? Come back, Hazard. Yeah, I think it's when, when you go... Ooh. And you've got to make a noise, mate. That's what it is. Sorry, pal. Getting a bit dry. I need to get some water. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that happens. But yeah, it, it was it was a good. It was James making drink that cut Harry off. Donna, thanks for telling me off. <laughs> yeah, so it was a good. And as it goes, it's about another good time for me to plug our membership site. If you've not joined, join our membership site. These coaching sessions and these, the, just the breath work and, uh, and the meditations in the morning, just how far people are progressing and, and just how much fitter they're feeling in themselves on a spiritual level. Just the stuff that we had a really good session over the, the new year where we spoke about intentions and how people feel <clears throat> going into this year in their current reality, standing on their truth and having communities where they can share 
the, the real I am's and just the difference it's making across the board in their lives. It's, it's wonderful. Again, that for me, that's the, that's the, when's the good coming? The good's, the good's happening. It's happening everywhere right now. All you've got to do is put yourself in that goodness. You've got a choice. If you, 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 you cannot say there's no good going on around you. You'll find it. If you look for it, you'll find it. There's groups, there's stand in the park, there's these communities, there's our mem- membership site, there, there's stuff everywhere. You just got to put yourself in there. Put yourself in that mix. Get yourself in that goodness mix. Rub shoulders with a bit of goodness. Enjoy the feeling. And your ego will tell you, oh, yeah, it's only, you can enjoy this now, but you'll go back to your cynical life tomorrow. That just takes practice because a lot of people will enjoy it that little inner child, that little soul connection, and then their ego will destroy them by the time they woke up tomorrow morning making them, oh, it was lovely last night, but that was just last night. That's not my life. Well, it can always, always be be your life if you choose it to be. Yeah, it was one of the, one of the ladies on our call as well. When, when people explain their passions and something that they love doing, and then, and then come with an apology, oh, sorry if I sound a bit weird, or sorry if that sounds a bit weird, Sorry if that's a bit woo-woo. We, that, you've, you've literally just said all your passion. Then you're now realising that people have listened to that. And now we're unsure that you have to say sorry about saying it. We do it all the time. We'll ask a question and we'll already answer it just because we think they're going to say that. Can I get that? No. <laughs> you've already answered it before you've said the, let them uh, say the question because we don't want that confrontation. So ask the, Really start becoming more aware of your words because the more you can control the words that come out of your mouth, and you notice since we've been diving into words, it's so much easier to get a conversation. You drove me fucking bonkers on words in the beginning. That used to piss me off. Like there was times where, oh mate, did you hear what you just said? But the thing is, I'm so glad you did because it opened up uh, an interest for me to start looking into uh, etymology, which we both now share an interest in. But it was, the first step was realising what I say, what words come out of me and then what actions autonomously follow these autonomous words. And, you know, when you start pulling yourself on your words, all of a sudden you start changing your actions. Your words will lead you. Your words are telling you, they're your instructions. You're going to, I can't do this. Then you're not going to do that because you've just told yourself you can't do it. It is becoming of... The, the, again, the one you use quite often, which is, is such a good example for a lot of people when it comes to going out over the weekend. You're going to come out? No, I am not coming out. It's them little things, them commitments to your, that's it, that's your action. You've, you've, that's the instruction. That's, they're game-changing. They literally are game-changing. They, they, that can, I'm not doing the work in the, the, the rehab in Marbella. Yeah, and obviously it's all, all to do with addiction. Just explaining to people that you're never actually addicted. Your soul can never be addicted. Back to soul and ego again. Your soul can never be addicted to anything, ever. You can only be addicted to bad choices, to substance, whatever the abuses you use. Because some, for some people it's not drugs. Some people it's their words. You're addicted to talking shit about yourself. I'm depressed, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. And then you wonder why, because that, that, is, that is an egotistical addiction of bad choices, of bad thoughts that you target yourself with. That makes no sense. 
And it's the same with any form of addiction. You're not addicted to the substance. You're addicted to the choice that you're making, which is a bad choice. And that should be empowering. Because, yeah, it's all ego. It's your ego. Your ego is telling you you're an addict. You're not an addict. Your ego is telling you you're an addict. And you're choosing to go, okay, let me just phone up Medina. Let me just go get a drink. Let me just talk shit about myself again today. It's just choices. And, and we get addicted to that drama too. Like the word my dealer. <laughs> it's like he's mine. Yeah. <laughs> the dealer. That, that would just cut that uh, dependency on it. But when people are talking about their illnesses or their depression or their anxiety, it's like, oh, when my anxiety gets better, don't really, because people quite open people, for me, it's a cry out. It's like, let me share it all and let me get the like recognition from people. But they say, my, and like, you say, oh, don't give up, keep going, like, you'll do this. I'm just like, don't, don't, don't attach my to it. And then there's no anxiety. It's not there anymore because it's not yours. And no one ever gets back to that one. But that's, that, that's the power of that word, my. My is then I attach it to me. And it's, it's not you at all. That's a really good point, actually, because my is not I am. No, well, this is the best way to look at it. Close your eyes. Okay? Now zoom out your body and look back down at your body. Who are you looking at? Me. Who's doing, who's, who's doing the looking at me? <laughs> The other me. <laughs> so the, the I am is always the observer. Yeah, very funny that she put that in the, uh, in the chat earlier. That observing, becoming the observer, again, when, when, what do you say, pulls at my feet. When you start noticing your thoughts, what you realize is, and it is, you, you feel like, oh my God, I'm observing my thoughts. And then, you're like, oh my God, I'm observing my, it, it is so multifaceted and it is, it's an amazing part of meditation, actually. A massive, for me, part of meditation is being able to go in, into that state where you're in silence, it's just you, and you know it's going to sound nuts for people, but the, there's a good chance you're going to have a fucking amazing conversation with yourself in that state because that's how many I am versions that do go on in your mind, even in meditation. Meditation for me is not always, I do get them experiences where it's a lot more still, but I get just as many beneficial experiences when, when you know when you're in it, but you're, 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 you're still, you can, you're still, you're talking with your ego. You know when you're in it and you're addressing that decision that you've gone into a meditation to try and get, well, what, what choice am I going to make here? And you're having that battle in the meditation, but you're knowing that you're observing and you're feeling your trigger points. Do you know what I mean? You know that's what's triggering me there. And that, that's the best form for me of self-development meditation because it is when, when you get, and it doesn't happen every time, but when you do, you learn another floor about yourself in a way, it gives you something else to recognize in decisions that you, you end up making, whenever there's a flaw attached, which normally will come from a place, place which is something to do with your ego, 
it'll always have some sort of it's, it's, it's the finer details in life in, and this is why for me self-development never stops is because there is always room for improvement and it's fun for me especially with meditation that's my time of biggest time of self-development without a shadow of a doubt is, is meditating do you guys want a, a bit of a head fuck just to show you how we are all just light beings and trying to go past what this reality shows us <laughs> Because this this stuff is where my mind goes to in 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 the meditation. So just look at the screen quickly. So we're, we're looking at James right now. James is moving. <laughs> so it's like James is on the other end of the phone. But now go beyond James. Like what's happening at the phone? It's it's a blank screen, and behind the screen you've got loads of little pixels. <laughs> So when James moves, the pixels light up one bit and it gets a different colour there, but it's just lights on the back of the screen just turning on at different times to see my movement. But it's not me, I'm here. <laughs> so what you're seeing is the screen going at such a speed, speed of light, that we can't comprehend it. We just think, oh my God, he's there. I'm not there. The screen like that. <laughs> so now if you close your eyes, and just imagine the room in front of you is just loads and loads and loads of little lights. And some of the lights are moving so quickly that it turns into a physical space. But at the moment, your eyes are closed. So there's nothing there. It's just space, empty space and you're feeling. So now imagine opening your eyes is that TV screen in front of you and all the lights are just flickering. And now you've got the movie. So you are the the actual screen of the cinema, it always is there. If you black out that room in front of you now, you're still there. You can't black yourself out. Like There's still something there. So effectively, consciousness is this cinema screen and the movie just plays out. So again, I open my eyes, the movie is playing out. I'm just observing it, I'm enjoying it. Bit of a head fuck, does that make sense? <laughs> It does. Do you know what came up for me when you said that? And I've not thought about this for years. <clears throat> so the first time I went to Amsterdam, like, and I don't like mushrooms. I, don't, I mean, I, I physically don't like vegetable mushrooms. I can't eat a mushroom. <clears throat> but it was when, funny enough, this was a fitness first manager's trip um, before, you know, I was working at Woolwich before I worked at um, where I met you at London Bridge. I was working at Woolwich. And it was at Woolwich, Lewisham, and all the managers, like, obviously, I'd, I'd not, long, I've not long come out of prison. One of the other guys had also been away. So it was quite a roguish group of managers. But anyway, why is it relevant to your story about envisioning? So they told me, right, you've got to do a mushroom, a magic mushroom. And I was like, oh, is it an actual mushroom? And they was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, but don't worry, don't worry. So it's on a pizza. Have you, you, have you done, you've done Diamond, yeah? Have you done the mushrooms out there? Yeah. Of course you have. You're a mushroom muncher. <laughs> so for me, they gave me this bit of pizza, this big fuck off mushroom. I was like, I've got to eat all of that. It's like, yay. Anyway, I just folded it all. I made my own clothes only. I folded it all up. And you know when you literally water? <laughs> like, slamming it down. Mate, the experience, this is my first time, obviously, on that, that type of experience. But we were sitting in a coffee shop. And as you told me to close my eyes there and envision like the lights and being on um, and how it works with telly, because what you said is exactly right. It, it literally is just pixels of lights lighting up. 
So I was sitting at the bar and all of a sudden, woof, I can't explain it as the come up for the, from this mushroom hit me. And literally in front of my, and to this day I can remember it. I know I was tripping, but to this day I can remember it clearly. I was, I was talking and I stopped the bloke, Dean, uh, who was the manager of Lewisham. And because in my eyes, uh, from my eyes on my peripheral, what was happening was there was these pixels that was, was lighting up. And all of a sudden, I was convinced, Harry, I'm telling you, to this day I'm still slightly convinced that I was on the set of Friends, on the sofa, <laughs> like, with Dean. But mate, it was, I was, it was so real. And I know it's all in my head. People think it's fucking, yeah, it was all in my head. But I envisioned it to the point where I could see the people with the cameras. You know, you can imagine like it was a set. And I'm going to Dean, I'm going, we're on Friends. Oh, we're, we're in Amsterdam, we're, but we're on Friends. How are we on Friends? That there's just, mate, it was the most, surreal experience I've fucking ever had in my life and only ever because it's mushrooms is LSD right it's the same thing as is yeah. it but it's psilocybin it's what psilocybin that gives you the the visuals and stuff right so I've only ever, so I've only done it twice that time um in it like I said in Amsterdam another time in Ireland when I was on the run funny enough that was another time I've done uh, LSD but both times the visuals of what your brain creates, it's, well, you told me about uh, DMT. See, I've not done that yet. I need, because that, when my brother, <laughs> my brother done that, <laughs> when my brother done that with you, <laughs> I can't air him out, he'll go, he'll go mental, but let's just say I got two different phone calls that day. <laughs> But when you've done that, it's it's the same, isn't it? The way you describe it for me, it is literally you. It's a it's a different realm you physically experience. Yeah, it's not. I say it's the most unexplainable but yet amazing experience you'll ever have. Like everything you know as reality changes, and you come out with the most amount of questions you can't put into words because you see colours that. There's no label to the colours that you saw, and then the things that you see literally it's like this whole that's called DMT. Um, I'd encourage everyone to at least give that a go at some point. It's all about energy as well, and it's about the the space that you go in. So I've been to a, a number of. Could you tell people what it is? Maybe a little bit of a breakdown of where it comes from, just to to people yeah. under understanding. Yeah, so DMT is. I, I guess it originated from South America. Um, We've heard, or many people have heard of ayahuasca. DMT is the part which is in ayahuasca to give you the visuals. It's really hard to put into words of what it actually is because whatever I explain it as, you'll have your own experience and it'd be so out there. There's a really, really good artist called Alex Gray, D-R-A-Y. Have a look at his art and you'll see it's, it's amazing. We need... <laughs> Feel which bit. <laughs> you know, so this is, um, and again, people can have their own opinions with plant medicine, which it is. Again, think about it. Cocaine, let's take cocaine. Gets made, loads of petrol. It's in the middle of the jungle. Right, there's gangs, there's shooting, there's killings, there's stealing, there's money laundering, there's stick it up your bum hole, it goes to one country, stick it up another bum hole, and it makes it over to the UK, and then you don't know what's And then you sniff all them bum holes. <laughs> 
just think from an energy standpoint, everyone talks about the come down. You've literally just taken up the most evil of energy across the world, international energy, and you stick it up your nose. You haven't got a clue what's in like, we people, people that <laughs> we all used to grab I had people as long as why they would sniff it. That that's how bad it got. Just uh, to escape from here. But think of all that horrible energy that goes in your body. It vibrates through you. You wake up with a come down. It stays with you all week. You get anxiety. That is horrible. They call it the devil's juice. Like I, we both had experiences on it where you look back and it's like never again. Our last time I think was when I was with you. That was a long time ago now, and I remember that night. It was awful. Oh, but now think of plant medicine, guys. Mushroom. Pluck, eat. Universe, me. That's it. Maybe a bit of meditation in between. You're eating the plant. It's, there's no difference to eating a blackberry or blueberry apart from your body changes inside. There's a guy called David Nutt. He's a really good um, guy who's been pushing for the legalization for drugs for years. But remember, drugs is still not unlawful. <laughs> which the other thing is crazy. They put that in a legal system. If you got done for possession of drugs, you haven't broken any laws. But because it's like, oh my God, it's, it's illegal, it's grade A. Grade A, grade C, grade B, that doesn't mean anything because it's still that system. It is difficult. Don't go around going, oh, I've got loads of plant medicine. <laughs> Just the fact if we go over to America, I think there must be 18, 19 states now that are, that are legal. Yeah, 39 different reasons to using medical uh, medicinal cannabis. Actually, say it all. We like we've been hidden from that for a long time. How can an ox eat grass and be super strong? Again, I've, I find it hard to compare animals. Like I've seen arguments like that: gorillas are the most strongest, and they're the vegetarian and stuff. But then cheetahs are the most fastest animal in the world, and they they munch on a lot of animals. So. The, the argument all consists with each animal. I, I don't think that's a valid one, in my opinion. Um, Where did that stem from? I missed that. So how, what, what came before that? How come an oxy? Uh, Wrong. But I, I think it's all independent to each, each. The problem with a buffalo and an ox and an elephant was well, not a problem. All they need to do is be an elephant and be an ox. All we need to do is be a human, but we fucking be very fearful. We be really stressful. We become quite egotistical. We don't know how to just be a human being. <laughs> we do the human doing or the human facing. And I think every other thing in life, like a flower is silent and it manifests everything it wants. It pulls the animals in. It goes through its growth period. It does that in silence because it's just being. Oh yeah, that John Hopkins album is amazing. Um, it's called. Well, I don't watch the day. It was life changing. Brilliant. <laughs> it's a really good. I do a lot of the meditation stuff to that as well. It's um, the last. Actually, that would be one I'd recommend. Anything. John Hopkins album and type in Ram Fire. Eight minutes. If you want an amazing experience, it'd be third best apart from Dad's Dork Health and now Joint Combo. It'd be the first. <laughs> And you know what, on the note of meditation, meditating, right, so let's touch on cannabis oil. Cannabis oil has been a, used as a shamanic, ritualistic, ritualistic ceremonial oil for 
years, thousands of years. In China, it goes back at least five thousand years. Right now, so that's that's what history tells us about.、It. Now, what I'm telling you about,、it, and what Harry will tell you about,、it. when you meditate on cannabis oil because of the relationship the oil has with our own system, specifically in the brain, we've got CB1 receptors, which when you take cannabis, for example, when for those out there that have smoked a spliff before a joint. When you take that pull, what happens? You get that woof. You get that sort of high feeling in the head first of all, which then tends to wear off a bit because what happens is when you burn cannabis at a naked flame level, cannabis is a plant like any other vegetable. It's not supposed to be set fire to. It's supposed to be taken to temperatures for where you pull out the goodness. So when you point B and smoke it, yes, you get that head rush. But then it's a different feeling when you actually take it as a decarboxylated medicine, as a proper oil. It literally feeds the CB1 receptors in your brain. So when you go into a meditation, there is for me nothing else like it. There is absolutely nothing that you come out of feeling as in tune with yourself. You feel like you're healing as you're doing it. You you can feel every part of your body because you're. Endocannabinoid system comes alive, which has, for those that are people、uh, that are aware of、um, a guy called Wim Hof, has been proven now by science. Just by breathing, by doing soulful, mindful breathing, we can tap into our endocannabinoid system. So it's a spiritual system. Add into that plant medicine, specifically cannabis oil, proper cannabis oil. It, it is. I can't emphasize it enough. It, it is a life changer, and you just want to do it again and again. And you come out of it every single time. You could write a book. <laughs> you come out with all of these different. Why? It's simple. What happens is that part of your brain, which again the powers that be tell us, oh, we only use this amount of our brain. Guess what? The brain's like every other part of the body. It's a muscle that needs feeding. If you feed it, you use it more. And you give it the nourishment that it needs, that the receptors are looking for. You, it starts working more efficiently across a broader spectrum. It is really simple. Am I lying, Hazar? That's totally spot on. And, but also, when you do it, you get full knowing insights. Like it just unlocks everything for you. So, as an example, in a new forest, when you do mushrooms or cannabis oil, it, because it's nature from nature, it's from nature. When you do it in something like the new forest, you see the energy off of everything. Like everything's all connected. And the last time I did、uh, one in the new forest, it was you need to wake more people up, and you need to catch them when they're unconscious. And it was now, now, now. I kept getting the now stories. Now, now, now. And that's where all my stories come from because I was always quiet on them before, but that all comes from that part. And I've got more inquiries for my business from doing it. I've got a lot more people that have actually reached out and said, "I feel so much better now. You've made me look at things a different way. You've helped me stop and research everything that's suggesting." That was an insight that I got、uh, through the plant medicine. And there's so many examples where people get that thing that that it's instant, isn't it?、It's, for example, I can now go into a meditation. And I'm on tour at the moment, and I said, I want to be a TED Talk speaker, but they would never let me do a TED Talk with all my content at the moment. No chance.、But、I said, What would be my TED Talk?、Um, what would be my next TED Talk if I was to do one? And I closed my eyes, 
my whole talk I'm doing on tour at the moment just come out to me. The chapters, what to say, everything, and I recorded it in one take. That's how powerful it is. You can ask for anything. When we did, um, when we were writing content before, I said, Jane, I, I don't like writing content. I can't seem to match my words type into what we do. So I was like, James, can you like, meditation for 10 minutes and I come back. I literally come back. It was like, -li 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 -li. <laughs> I didn't inter interrupt him or anything. Yes, mate. It's, it's, it's a key, key part for me of, of meditation is, is, is the plant medicine. It's, it's a different, not just that, but again, we've witnessed people that have, have healed themselves from, from tumours using it. Witnessed people that have controlled their diabetes, thinking of John, completely. The doctors said, well, where's your diabetes gone? Literally. Because the thing is with the oil as well, it, the reason it feels so good in the meditation, like I said, you feel like you're healing, is because that is what you are actually experiencing. You are genuinely experiencing, because you get an influx of this goodness, which your body goes, right, I'm going to now send a pulse out. What your ECS does, as soon as it takes on cannabis oil, it will let the system know, we've got cannabis oil, literally. And then what happens is your receptors will literally scan the area, I said literally how many times, they will scan the area that they're situated in. So for your brain, CB1 receptors, for the rest of your body, mainly CB2 receptors. It will look within the area that it's in to see if there's anywhere it needs regulating. Because all your ECS wants to do is regulate your body to make it balanced. That's it, homeostasis, beautiful thing. But to experience that happening with the oil in you, when you're meditating, when you're visualizing your mind goes off into a it's, it's a different different detachment and it's like how you said that was a good example that day i was we was both on oil that day went into that meditation and literally came out and you just tied up why because as soon as you ask yourself a question and give yourself the actual time to answer that question guess what normally you answer yourself and then you just put that answer down wherever it needs to go. And for me, I've never, ever found out that that was the wrong choice, funnily enough. Not yet, anyway. In regards to those right, brands, there's, we, we can reach out, uh, message me privately, and I'll actually mess, um, send you a link for um, people that I trust. Regards to dosing, Oh, what's been interesting for me, so I've been working with it now for eight years, and it's been anything, so I said to anyone else, it's anything you do for eight years, you're going to get better at. You're going to learn from your mistakes. You're going to learn and observe the people you work with. Dosing, again, is, is, is a conversation we'd have to have one-on-one -on -one because there's a, a method that I take every single person through the first time of using the oil to gauge their dose because a lot of factors come into play. People could be already on medication. That's a common uh, thing that comes up. Oh, can I take oil on any meds? Yes, you can take on any meds, because guess what? The oil will also help all the side effects that you get from them shitty medicines that you're on anyway. So yes, you can take it alongside side other med uh, medications. However, if people are on a lot of medications, because your body's been pummeled with so much shit, our bodies aren't designed to take these chemical medications. Don't ever think that what we've got in our cupboards is what our body is designed to take on. It doesn't work like that at all. It needs to be from nature. That's where all medicine comes from in the first place. 
So because you're taking on lots of medication, certain people will take oil for the first time. And again, because the way the oil works, it looks to regulate the system. I'm not kidding that these medications might be causing stomach upsets and whatever else. The oil will go to work on those first before it addresses any other areas because it know, it, the body knows what's foreign in the body. That's like when COVID shedding is happening at the moment. The body knows these vaccines, this ain't supposed to be in it. Let me push it out. So it's the same with, with normal medications. So I've digressed a bit more. My point is, re, if you're interested in this, reach out privately because it is, it's, I, say, I can send video after send videos to people so they can see exactly how to, in fact, I've done a few lives on my channel where I've demonstrated how to use the oil to, go, to gauge your dosage. But I, honestly, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's something for me, I take it every single day without foul. My, my missus takes it for her Crohn's disease. It's the only thing that actually helps with her Crohn's disease. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, as Harry knows, we are working with people from all walks of life, different ages, that use it to heal, basically, to heal themselves. That's what that oil enables you to do. And it's not that every single time that it's a complete healing, but every single time without a shadow of a doubt, the person is way better off for using the oil than they was prior to the oil. Every time. It's not a little bit of difference. It's massive, huge. But yeah, it's a fact. Again, the receptors in our body are um, a perfect fit to the receptors on the oil, and the endocannabinoid receptors. It just matches identical. So when James said it all lights up, it's like, oh, there's my soul buddy. There's my soul buddy. It all matches and works together. But again, it just shows our body. Our body, if we give it the right stuff from the universe, we, we stop and listen to it when it does let us know that something's not up or something uh, feels painful, it's telling us. So we just got to listen to uh, our body a lot more. Because people say they're present. You're present in one thing. You're not present in everything. Because we don't listen to our body a lot of the time. If we, if we actually try to separate them, our mind, body and soul, and ask yourself a question, are they all happy right now? And you can go through different parts of your health. So physical image, is my body happy right now? Is my mind happy right now? And is my soul happy right now? That soul tells me every day, you need to exercise today, you haven't trained in a while. Like, well, ego, sorry, would even say that. My soul knows I need to exercise because I feel so much better when it's energized. My body feels good, it feels comfortable. And my mind, if I pick the wrong stuff, my mind's satisfied, but then my body doesn't like it because I've just fed it a lot of shit. So sometimes it's quite nice to separate all three and just ask, is this good for this one, this one, and this one? And then you'll get your real answers. Thank you, um, Barefoot Benny Running Socks. Love that name, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining. Husband stopped taking his... And pretty much straight away start the other side. I'm pretty sure that it drove from. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. This, it is an interesting fact for you. Okay. So, cannabis, not any part of the cannabis plant, not one part is addictive. Not one. That's a fact. There's not anything addictive about cannabis. And again, this is how they take the piss. So, most of us, through, I'm 40, so through my generation, my whole life, Cannabis, I remember talks in school, people coming in, police coming in. Cannabis is the gateway drug. 
you start with cannabis and you move on to everything else. What they didn't tell you was up until the late 30s, early 40s, cannabis was the drug, specifically THC, was the drug of choice to get all them poor fucking people that have come back from war addicted to different fucking drugs and whatnot, like heroin and all the other shit to, to cope with the trauma and everything of the war. THC was the drug that they used to wean them off of, again, with alcohol addiction. They used THC. Why? Because it replaces that euphoric high that you're looking for to detach with, with the drugs. However, unlike any other so-called drug, cannabis stays in your system. It stockpiles. Why? Because it's got a synergistic working relationship with your body. So they put you on THC. Why? Because it will slowly offload when you're feeling down. Guess what? Your receptors go off when you're feeling down on yourself. Your body knows. You're slumping. You're, you're, you're stressing. Your body reacts. It knows. It then releases into the system. There's a bit of THC. So THC was used as an aid to get people off of addicting, uh, of addicting um, substance, addictive substances. So yeah, and only tells you it's a gateway drug. It's a load of fucking bollocks. It literally is the. Again, it's a plant. <laughs> it's a fucking plant. It's a plant which science tells us, and like Harry said earlier, which is interesting, is there's many. It's not just America. There's many, many, many parts of the world where the governing medical bodies, so the the equivalent of our NHS. There's parts of the world where the government medical bodies. It's to go for, including with kids with cancers, it's the go-to medicine that they use before anything else to give the body a chance to uptake in its own natural immune system ready for chemotherapy, ready for radiotherapy because of the damage that that mainstream met treatments do to the system. So cannabis is something for me. I'm a massive advocate. It saved, it saved my family member's life and in my eight years of being involved in it, and Harry's time has been involved in the years he's been involved in it. We've seen many people that basically save themselves by using cannabis. But there is more to it than, and that's been something we've had to learn. In fact, for me, our four, you know, ego, soul, presence, and best self, for me, that stems from working with the people with cancer. Yeah. That's where all of them insights came from for me. Yeah, I've just seen um, Laura's kindly shared. I'm trying to get my mum to stop taking on Prezolo. I think that's how you said it. Her GP scared her into thinking she'll get cancer. Yes, listen to this, guys. Her GP scared her into thinking she'll get cancer if she doesn't take it because her acid reflex will cause esophagus cells to mutate. So. They won't be able to show you how they come up with that. They might have done a good, but they haven't showed you any tests. They haven't broken down the cell mutation. Same with my uh, diagnosed with infected angina. And like, have you seen the, uh, the scans that you did? No, no, I'm showing me scans. So, how are you taking their word? For, yeah, they said there's a block. In, have you seen it though? No, they haven't done it. Or I'm like, you're taking their word for it. So again, I always ask that question because if it's your own body. If you can close your eyes, and like we said, you can switch on any part of your body in that meditation. If you knew what the area was, was the problem, you can go there in the meditation, give it energy. You can then try to communicate with that, with your eyes closed. And again, the endocannabinoid system will be switching on. So 
I like to have these discussions as well because it just shows you what someone else tells you that you need to or something else is happening inside your body. And even the words that we use for, let's say, anxiety, they label you, oh, you're depressed, you've got labelled depression now or you've got now a mild form of anxiety. If they said that to James and said that to me, you're guaranteeing my different to James's. I know what triggers my anxiety will be completely different to James's. They label you as anxiety. So when they sell, say things like esophagus cells to mutate or they give these things, that on its own, there's so many misrepresentations. So it's scary how much someone else puts this magic. They doctor it. They doctor. And the thing is, it's good what you just touched on there, which is, is the language that they use for, for the medical community. It's exactly the same concept as legalese, as in the, the, the legal society. What they do is they just make medicines and the language involved in medicines very foreign to us. So we'll look at the words and we'll know they're English and we can struggle to pronounce them. But already in our struggling in that pronunciation, what our ego is telling us is we haven't got a clue about what that is we're looking at. It is literally, it's designed to put you in a submissive state. And I know this from experience, because when I started studying cancer, I'd never studied anything. So when I started looking into cancer, had I already done the common law? Hold on. I don't know, it was flat earth I was already into, I think. I'm not sure if I had, but either way, when I started studying cancer, I'd never read medical documents before. When you read a medical document, like, like when I say read medical document, I mean if you was to get the cancer curriculum book uh, or the NHS equivalent of, and you read how, what a doctor would need to read to learn this stuff, it's very difficult to digest. They were using words and parts of the bodies and, and language that you're just not going to digest whatsoever. As soon as you get a dictionary out and take on that painstaking fucking task of reading it and then just defining the words, it's exactly the same as when I started looking at common law and I came across the Black's Law Dictionary. They use words purposefully to make you feel that you don't understand what it is that you're being told. Because that's what happens in legalese. You don't understand what you're being told. They're literally talking to you, using words, and you're answering to the words that you're attributing meaning to, not realising that actually they're using a whole different language on you right now. And your words, which in any other day, in any other scenario are the right answers, these ones are entrapping you into somebody else's custody. That's, that's how they do it. It's the same with the medical community to, in its, uh, the ideology. It's to make people feel... You have to go to university, put yourself in debt, study for seven years, and then you can have the cheek to, to claim to be a doctor, someone who knows how the human body works. No, you fucking don't. First and foremost, you experience your body every single day. No one knows what's going on in your body better than you. Fact. No one. You know you feel sick before anybody else. How about that? You trust yourself then because you feel it. But yet you can go to a doctor, stuff that you don't feel, they'll start firing at you, and all of a sudden... You start feeling it. You didn't feel it before. But then all of a sudden you've been told in your submissive state of that white coat, he or she knows better than me. He's just told me that. <gasps> oh my God, I've got that. They rely on that. But when you break it down in the human body and nature, you'll find actually we can take care of ourselves 
to the to the best of our possible capabilities by using nature. Things like cannabis, things like mushrooms. Yeah, because these are healing agents that have been used for years as medicines. Yeah, Laura, another good question. Uh, are the GPs totally asleep to the fact that they're just funding Big Pharma? Are they brainwashed into selling Big Pharma products? Do they think, do you think that they believe they're truly helping people? I just think fine. <laughs> the right reasons people do all that hard work studying that people love comfort people don't like change so if you're getting into this habit of like i think there's a, a post you can search doctor that collects pens from pharmaceutical countries uh, companies and he has this whole spinning thing of all these different pens that he's been given from pharmaceutical salespeople to like right take my new product to get a pen so it is a money-making business. And the problem with all these medicines, they give you one, so you're going to be on for life. You get something ill later on, you're still taking this one. Then they give you another one. Then they give you another one. And you ask the person, what are you taking it for? Well, this one does, like, it makes no sense when then someone tries to explain it. Let's go to medical records. And both it says the operation the day before was born. Those errors. And on it, he had an operation... Before it's born, yeah, the systems ah, really that's impressive. <laughs> just want to shout out, um, was that Dawn who's just come off medication? Well done for you after five years of taking it, fantastic. You said you're feeling amazing for it, no doubt, no doubt. Why? Because your body no longer, and the thing is, your body doesn't even build up a dependency on these medications we put in, it's all ego. We choose to put it, our body just keeps trying to push them fucking back out again. That's what our body does. It doesn't want what is not supposed to be in it. In it. It's just part of your body. It's the way your body works and it will use. That's why you've got things like microbiomes on every single part of you everywhere. You've got microbiomes. They're living parts of your makeup. In fact, there's more of them than there is anything else. They're there, again, when you're when you sweat or whenever it is you get sick and your body goes through that natural shedding process because shedding is a natural thing your body does all the time we shed cells we shed bacteria we shed infection we shed diseases it's just the way the body works let alone banging in vaccines with mrnas added into them but our bodies shed anyway it naturally pushes stuff out of our system so to come off medication yeah you go for a weaning period where your body's pushing things out of your system and you'll feel that and your ego will be playing up with you telling you, oh, maybe this isn't right, I'm feeling a bit sick. What's happening is your body's detoxing naturally. You are literally flushing your system through. And I can tell you from experience on that urine fast, that urine fast I did was the biggest flushing I've ever done uh, in my life and my system. And I felt, uh, do you remember I phoned you up that day? I said, Hazard, I hit this weird stage where I was getting so in tune with my meditations in my body that, uh, do you remember what I said to you? It feels like, because I'd stopped pooing. I stopped pooing after like day five, I think was at my last weird poo anyway, because I needed for five days. And I stopped pooing. So it, I remember I said to you, it's like I can feel space. Space that, that almost like I'm more aware that there's space, almost like there was shit there. I don't mean fit that there was crap there before of some sort that my body has naturally been flushing through. And naturally, there's then this energetic space that's available. And do you remember I said to you, like, mate, I'm feeling different areas of my body. And all it, I can put it down to from my experience was I just gave my body some time to clear out 
all the crap that unfortunately has been holding on to for God knows how many years. That food stays in your system. Certain things stay in your system for a long time. Meat. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm eating meat at the minute. I enjoy a bit of meat, but meat does stay in your system for a hell of a long time and can manifest into some nasty bacteria. Also, like the the fake foods that we eat in the McDonald's chips, I think those are documentaries where they just don't change shape at all like for a lot of time. So think again from a healing perspective. Imagine you're dying, you need to protect your energy. If you've got shit food going in your body that takes ages to digest, your body's spending half of its energy trying to break that down. So when James is not eating, there's no need for his body to break down the food coming in which means its body now can pay attention to other things that maybe it's never had the time to do before. So people in the fitness industry will dismiss fasting. Oh, there's no research. Oh, there's no this and no that. But what happens within the fitness industry and the way that we look at biology is that we eat a food and we check what it does to the body. But just by fasting, it makes you present. Being present, your body goes into instant harmony. Instant. Although you might get caught off guard again, I remember when I did my three-day fast, I remember catching myself just naturally going to the coffee shop. It was just the thing that I did after my second session. I didn't need to go. It was just a habit that it took me ages to, to break free. So the more you start doing it, it makes you aware. Oh, you stop. Again, you're healing. So if we then did science on the brain, which they have done, and they just don't tell us what the food does to the brain, the brain controls the body anyway. So when everyone quotes science and stuff, they're doing it the wrong way around. Well, that's interesting. Doctor told my missus I was controlling because I asked her to wait not to get her first vaccine. She went last week. Uh, we have a holiday booked in March. I told her the rules change every day. Yeah. Not sure what's going to happen. We've obviously, so Boris has said what he said today. Uh, in regards to Spain, currently, I know for a fact that they're not letting in Brits that aren't showing vaccine um, proof, not even just PCR tests coming. I don't know if that's going to change. But, yeah, we'll see what happens on that note. It'll be interesting. Mm, definitely. What we like for we like for time, mate? Ten minutes? Yeah, I'm happy to. Anything happy to ask or share at all? Yeah, come on, who's got a good question? Oh, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing, Jim. I think you can fly to Spain from Ireland, though. With a PCR, I take it. With a PCR. Yeah, right now, because of Brexit, um, Europe don't look at Brits with favour. They can finally, in there, the, the general consensus that I'm feeling is people can finally get their own back on Britain now because we've pulled out of the Euros. There's different things. Uh, hold on, I think it's right. That's the way through. Yeah, I think there's diff different elements. Well, I'm experiencing it. There's definitely because even though the kids have got um, Swedish passports, because my missus has, got, has a Swedish passport, because I'm the dad, even for my son's football, he's not been able to actually play football in the Federation until I've been getting all my stuff sorted. So, yeah, there is... Um, again, it's the legal system. It's the same. There's a, a legal system in Spain, just like in uh, in England, which is a load of bollocks. Or Gibraltar. Yeah, yes, but I'm truly waking travel Facebook. You can get tests. Okay. Be careful with them. If that's referring to the tests, 
that are falsified, just I'd just say be careful. I'm not sure if that is, but just the only reason that is because that came up. My brother Dan told me about one of his mates got nicked at the airport with a uh, fake, fake COVID thing. Told he was gonna get banged up and all sorts. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Thanks very much. Few questions are coming. What oil to pick? Speak to James. He'll be able to direct you. Yeah, reach out. Reach out privately because the the thing is with that. The reason I'm such a big advocate for because and Harry will testify to this as well is <clears throat> not only is it personal experience it's what even even if you're not sick even if you're not sick it's not just I'll get the oil if you're sick no get the oil anyway get your experience a system that you've never been taught on about uh, taught about in your life because you will experience it if you get this oil and in fact we, do you know what we should do? We should arrange, we should arrange it. We've said this before, anyway. Get an, an oil meditation going. We should do one on Zoom. Yeah. We should get people up for it. Is And and me and Harry, we do like we meditate with each other with oil often. And it is, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's, honestly, the stuff that comes out afterwards. Like going, it is like going to a rave. And it's the most euphoric feeling ever, but you're not actually, you're just everywhere. It's, you can go, the beauty of it is that your mind can take you to places wherever you want to go. Your mind can do that. What it allows you to do is sit in the space and just expand and, okay, well, that's what else can I do? And you, you can, I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, but um, another thing is, is I, in fact, recently um, I did, uh, I showed people one here in regards to so this is this is the oil now what i explain one there's two tips so so important if you're if you're looking to get oil first and foremost reach out to me because i can give you a good source but if you're getting it elsewhere if you have proper oil and it drips that that drip like water is a bunch of shite that is not cannabis oil there is no way you should be ingesting that in any way, shape, or form because it's just that's a vaccine. Well, give, give, give an example of CBD because in the shop, if you look at just the percentage, CBD is the rubbish one anyway. But look at the percentage that they actually put on the bottle. It's like less than three percent or two percent. So that stuff doesn't do anything for you. It's one of the biggest money-making scams as well. And it's still not even got a governing body. It's still not even federated. <laughs> Actually, it's still at the moment they can literally be putting whatever the fuck they want in it. So yeah, personally, this this is proper oil. This has CBD in it. Because guess what, people? Do you know in nature, <laughs> nature tends to build and design its things the way they're supposed to be. So the way it works in nature with cannabis is cannabis is a THC dominant plant. It has a synergistic little brother called CBD. So, yeah, you have CBD in proper cannabis oil, but it's there as a balancer. It has nothing to do. It doesn't contain any of the anti-cancer fighting, the antitoxins that is contained in the THC. That is the job of the It's the THC that binds to your own cannabinoids in your body, ananadine being the main one. 
Um, so that, first and foremost, for me, my experience in eight years, I want to touch CBD with a bars pop. So look, it's just, why? Because I know what it is. I've looked into it. I'm not claiming to be, I've done my research and <laughs> do yours, basically. But importantly, when you're, if you're purchasing oil, the oil will look dark. But if, again, you want to know if you've got proper oil, no matter how black it looks in there, when you smear it on a bit of paper, in fact, I'll show you. We've, we've witnessed all sorts, fibromyalgia, insomnia, uh, aches and pains. Cerebral palsy. Cats, dogs. Oh, mate, I found a picture. You know I've said a few times about the cat? I found a picture. I've got the early picture of the cat with a tumour. That was amazing. So a lady, a lady phoned me up. She, um, that, was, that was through uh, Drift and Trip, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's part of our story, isn't it? Uh, actually, let me, I'll show people quickly. Right, so look how dark that looks. Now what? This is important. I know how you're looking at that, that eye and thinking, num, 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 num. It's a bit, I know you are. It's a bit all lawful soon, guys. <laughs> let me see if it, right, what colour is that, people? Like a brownie from here. Yeah, oh, you cheated, you knew anyway. Can you see? Does it look as dark as that? <laughs> Harry, brown. I was waiting for someone to say it. Harry said, brown. Full extract cannabis oil, which is now what RSO has been called these days, is feedcock. RSO, it is always brown. If it's not brown, don't touch it. If it's green, it's full of all the solvents and shit that's not been washed out of it because unfortunately a lot of people don't take time to learn how to make the oil properly because it is a very long-winded process which takes many years to master and most, most importantly, you have to you have to want to make the medicine when you're making the medicine, and that will make sense if that makes sense to you. So that's the two tips. If you're looking for oil and you're getting it elsewhere, it never drips, never, never drips, and no matter how dark it looks in the syringe, it's brown when you smear it on paper. And this stuff's amazing, absolutely amazing. So have I missed stuff? I, I, if I was to rank it, I'd give it a 12 out of 10. Like, it, it's that good. I've done a 12 hour race in Ireland <laughs> and this is when we reconnected to James and he, he introduced me to the oil and <laughs> I'm on my bike. I don't know where I was, but it got me around and did it in about 10 hours, the race, but from a healing, from a breathing magical. and again, the only thing that stops us is, Oh, I want to always be in control. I'm always in control. <laughs> When, like when when you go to sleep, what happens? You're definitely you're not there. You've gone eight hours and you come back again. Where was you? So when people like always oh, want to be in control, well, you're never in control when you're asleep. Tell us about the cat with the tumor. Okay, so basically, uh, I'm not sure this is an amazing story. I'll get the um, I'll have to put the pictures up because I've definitely found them. Now. So this lady, she's a lovely, lo lovely woman, Polish woman, lived in England for years. Um, contacted me one day, uh, I've taken in a stray cat um, and I've heard it, 
it came through a recommendation. One of her friends had heard about the oil, whatever else. So she got passed on to me. So, and at that point, I'd never worked with an animal. This was the first time. But my, so this cat had this horrible tumor, horrible open tumor, open wound, wound, sorry, um, um, seeping green pus and shit that was coming out of it. And been taken to the vet. The vet had said, um, we've got to put the cat down. This woman, bless her, wanted to give it one more go. So she sent me uh, the pictures of, of the cat. And I, I'm going to be honest, my initial thought was that. <laughs> I'm laughing because I can laugh because it's a happy ending to this. But I thought, that cat's fucked. <laughs> that cat is in stiff thing. Like, was, I was like, oh, I've never seen any. I was like, you sure that's a cat? I was like, some alien shit was going to pop out. It was horrible. I was like, oh. Poor cat, part of my ego was thinking, maybe best put the poor fucking thing down. <laughs> anyway, so then, and it couldn't be touched. It was obviously, bless the cat, was in pain a lot of the time. It had stopped eating. So anyway, she said, look, I just want the, because I said to her, like I say, to everyone else, I said, listen, there's no guarantees. In that one, I really emphasise that. There's no guarantee it's going to fix that fucking cat. That zombie poor looking thing that looks like it's on his last legs anyway. Um, but she was like, oh, but will it help with the pain? I said, it will definitely help with the pain, but you need to get it into its food somehow. And she said, it's not eating food. So I said, well, what you can do is you can heat up like a bit of milk, a little bit of honey. I taught her how to homologize it to a temperature and like, be able to administer it into the cat's mouth. So they started doing that. And she said, the first time the cat tasted it, uh, she said, literally, it wanted more straight away. It wanted more, whether it was a taste of it, whatever it was, it, it wanted more anyway. So the very next day, um, the cat, for the first time, looked for food, like it meowed for food, obviously wanting the same stuff. So she, she, she started administering it to the cat, and the cat, she just started saying it was, it, it was becoming just more alive again, more alert. And then she was sending me videos. Um, on my, give me two secs. Give me two secs. Let me just. We've had an example of a, a guy whose dog had arthritis and was on its last legs, and he took a lot. He, he gave the dog a lot too much. He said he sent us a photo. The dog was laying upside down with the biggest smile and his tongue just hanging out, and he slept all day. And then on his Snapchat the next day, his dog was literally just jumping up and down. It was like he had a new dog. So when we talk about endocannabinoid system, it's in all of us. It's in our plants. It's in the animals. So again, again, why would they not even introduce that to us? Was you talking about Damo's dog? Yeah, that was nuts. That dog, again, was meant to be on its last legs. The dog took one, so he took it to the vet. I'll go back to the cat in a minute. That one's a really quick story. Took it to the vet. The vet said, no, we've got to put it down. It's not walked for weeks. His back legs weren't working. They gave it the all. He phoned me up. Uh, it was my little brother's mate. And it was like the parents, that obviously, all loved the dog. They're panicking. Oh, my God, the fuck is the dog dead? The, the dog slept for like 24 hours solid. Woke up, jumped up, started running around. The dog's alive to this day. Whatever it was, just completely gone. Anyway, so back to the cat. I was trying to find... Aaliyah's taking my phone. She takes my white phone, and it's probably some of it her toys. But anyway, I will get the pictures. But so the woman started getting a better result with it. So I was talking to her regularly at this point, so I was getting really interested. I was like, really? She's saying, yeah, look, she's sending me a little video. I mean, the thing still looked awful on its neck. 
But the cat was moving. She was sending me videos of the cat moving around before it was just slumped there. Like literally, it was dying. So then I was like, do you think you could put any on the tumour? Could you just like maybe put a bit on? And she was like, oh, if we go anywhere near it, um, like it, it just, it, it goes absolutely mental, basically. So what they did was they put, how did she do it? Because she got it to lick the egg. Oh, yeah, that's, they put a bit of the oil near the tumour and the cat, you know, cats are like, cat, the cat started licking the, the oil and she was saying like, it was like it was licking the oil. It was right on. And again, when I get the pictures, you'll see what happens next. So eventually the cat is licking into, it, licking the oil onto to the tumour. So then the habits start building for this cat. Every day it meows for the oil. It, it knows. Again, just shows you, just, again, a cat just wants to live. It's realising something's working. It knows if it lays there now. And she said that even from the second time, the first time I had to hold it down to put the oil on it, the cat laid there. So she was able to put the oil again. The cat did the same thing, started licking it into it. Anyway, it got to a stage after a few days where they was putting the oil directly onto the tumour. Well, you saw what happened next. And I've got the pictures to prove this. Over a period of a few weeks, this tumour goes from being open and sore and, and just, like I said, it looks awful. You just see it closing up, closing up, closing up, closing up, all the way to the point where the hair grows back. The cat gets taken back. So the cat now, she's sending me videos. Oh, I'm, oh this is what happened. So she's got, like I said, this was a stray cat she brought in. She's got her own cat, which is fucking again. She's like, one of them cats. In cat years, this thing was at 200 years old. Couldn't see that proper old blessed cat. Couldn't see. She said, oh, her story was brilliant. She said, he, he always walks into the window. <laughs> the cat just be donkey. She sent me a video of the cat just walking straight into the window because it couldn't see. So she started giving the oil to this cat as well. She started sending me videos of this. Cat's coming alive again and like just playing. And she had this thing in outside where it was one of them cat stand where it's got a bell at the top and the cat has got to climb up to it to get the bell. She said, that fucking cat, she said, that, that hasn't even looked in it, looked at it for about 10 years. She sent me a video of this big old cat at the top ringing the bell. Anyway, she takes the stray cat back to the vet. So the, the cat is fine. It's gone on for months. The cat is absolutely fine. The cat develops like some sort of cold. Like it's like it's sneezing and stuff like that. So she takes the cat back to the fucking vet. The vet gives the cat a, a, a vaccination, which was for the flu. The cat died two days later. Two days fucking later. So after healing from the cancer, the same vet as well admits, he said, like, I don't know what's happened here. Like, it's just, what have you done? The, the woman wasn't brave enough to, to say, because she's worried about, well, again, because of the demonization of cannabis. But yeah, after all of that, she, she messaged me after a couple months with that story. I couldn't believe it. She said, James, you're not going to believe it. So the cat got sick. Nothing to do with the cancer. I just got like a general cold, went back for the vaccine for the flu, whatever that equivalent is, but it was a vaccine. Uh, and it died two days later. Fucking unbelievable, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, the cat, in regards to the tumour and the oil, that was, I didn't expect that. And to witness that was amazing. And then the dog come after that. So I was a bit more confident when uh, Damo rang up about his dog because I said, well, not work with a dog, but work with a cat <laughs> with a tumour and it helped with that. So yeah, it works with animals. Long story short. <laughs> That's a, we need to get t-shirts with long story short on it for James. 
Yeah, I said the other day, it should be really short story long, because that's what I made them. <laughs> just... That's so sad. I know, it's fucking sad. It's annoying, isn't it? Not just sad. We need this oil. Yeah, I can't... Honestly, people, I'm not exaggerating. The oil is amazing. It is, it's a natural deterrent, because, again, it's what it does with that system. Your endocannabinoid system has one job. It sits at the foundation of all your other systems, and it says, right, just tell me where I need to push out a little bit of energy right now. I'm not going to leave you too much. I'm just going to regulate you. So where we need to upregulate, we'll push some energy into. And to do that on the oil through meditation, there's just nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it, for me anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right, just close you some time as well then. So guys, this Saturday, 22nd, is the London March. And I know a lot more people are going this time. I, I'd encourage people, if you can, make your way down to London because there's a lot of people on here that are going. But you'll, you'll see the... It is the moods changing. Everyone that I've been to at the moment is starting to get more energised and, and more positives that we're looking like so what we're doing people say oh it's not worth it it's not a waste of time it's it's when you go you'll see that there'll be other people standing by there'll be people in the cars there's conversations all the time so I'd, I'd encourage and I'm, I'm definitely going to be there um I'm just trying to how you'd get older me I'll be with a really tall guy maybe that's the best way to do it at the moment but if you can message me on the Instagram or the uh, telegram group and I'll be able to connect with a lot um, there are lots of having, yeah so it's a big one this uh, unexpected <laughs> Sammy Harry <laughs> shout out to you Sammy, Sammy. <laughs> I can't one, if this all this bollocks with England is for real because I'm getting my residency, uh, residency now I'm definitely on a, I'll come back and um, I want to come over to one of these stands with you. I want to meet meet some of the people, some of the members. Definitely, we love you too. I'm meeting Donna when she comes out here in March. Donna, see you soon. But um, yeah, thanks for everyone that's tuned in tonight. By the way, people, as always, always enjoy these chats. And if you've not already, subscribe to our membership site www.ladstalkhealth.com forward slash membership. In it. Or ladstalkhealth.com. I think that works now too. Yeah, you go there first and then, yeah. But, yeah, join up. Join up. It's really cool. Such a lot of fun. You meet lovely people. All right, people. Have a good week. Let's look out for the signs. There's going to be lots of them coming. And, uh... Yeah. And I'm going to go and make a nice cup of oily tea, Harry. <laughs> I'll see you later. See you later. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been interested in this content and want to reach out, for us a one-on-one or group or community coaching. Please don't hesitate to. You can find us at Lads Talk Health on Instagram. On Telegram, if you're interested in the natural plant medicine, search for Rick Simpson Oil, best Rick Simpson Oil, forward slash cannabis oil, forward slash THC oil. You'll also find us on Instagram, at Lads Talk Health. We've got a community membership site. If you're interested, please reach out. The membership site is www.ladstalkhealth.com. And again, love to all.